Listen. 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 Listen to my voice. Listen to my voice. Listen to my voice. Listen to my voice. To spoken words and ambient sounds. And ambient sounds. Together, they tell a story about people and place. About plants and animals. The animals. Those are the voices I hear. About the ecological relationships within New York City. During a time of rapid change. And the way they all resonate as an interwoven network of vibrations. Welcome to the Sound Scene. Ecological stories told through sound. If there's one thing you can learn from a drag queen, it's not that hard to make a few changes. I don't use straws when I ship my cold brew coffee. And when I'm done, I make sure to use the cup. I volunteered at a garden shifting compost. But that's nothing next to corporations warming this world up. Word got around that the truth is inconvenient. Waste junk cords all the way in Paris, France. But look at us now saying, well, we didn't mean it. Didn't save the planet, now we may just lose our chance. Blame the corporations, not your reputation as some eco savior. Always watching your behavior. How about legislation to improve our nation? If we don't grab the handlebars, then we'll be terraforming Mars. Being proactive about the health of the planet is ecological by nature, like taking steps to improve it. But um, a community that's had to be very proactive about their own health is LGBTQ+. And so that consciousness and realizing that like little intentional steps, planning and um, awareness can be huge as far as making people safer, happier, and their lives better. It's these concrete actions, again, I think could inspire people to feel less of that hopelessness, to feel like I can take steps towards a goal. We can make progress as one. Today's storytellers are... My name is Chris Goodrich, and I perform in drag as Annalee Fisher. You can find me on Instagram, at Annalee Fisher, A-N-A-L-E-E Fisher. My name is Cacophony Daniels. I am a drag queen. I am the Belty Broad from Broadway. The original song is called Mama's Broken Heart, and it's performed by Miranda Lambert. When people are, are writing songs in like a musical sense, they can either start with the lyrics and then write music that fits the, those lyrics, or they can write all the music and then write lyrics to fit that. Well, when it's a parody, the music's already done for you. And they've even written out lyrics that syllabically work great with that music. So one way I could do it was by coming up with a title or an idea and then looking for a song that fit its title in the same number of syllables. Mama's Broken Heart, Terraforming Mars. And so I thought this could work and I should get started at the beginning and change each line to be slightly different. And it all ended up making sense together. I wish that I could be a little less dramatic just like Hillary when the White House went to shit. We put the keys in that clunker we call Congress. Now the scientists can all agree, but the government is split. Can't pass a law without some right-to-left consensus. But compromise can be such a bitter pill. 
the senses when the Oralapi wants to wreck the Arctic with a drill. Blame the corporations, not your reputation. As some eco savior, always watching your behavior. How about legislation to improve our nation? If we don't grab the handlebars, then we'll be terraforming Mars. That's a great starting point, is that it's going to work logistically. But the other one is the feeling of the song and the feeling that the music can give you. Like, righteous anger was what fueled a lot of this. This frustration, this sense that nothing can be done, and rejecting that and fighting back. The feeling that you can't do anything to change the world or to change this country is crushing. It's difficult to accept, thinking, I'm so small, there's really nothing I can do. And sometimes that makes you decide to do nothing. There's a lot of emotions with the environmental debate, and especially now that we've known for a long time the problem, and we've known possible solutions, and there's, there's all this resistance from every level. Um, there's frustration, and for some people, a bit of guilt or a feeling of hopelessness or shame. And I think the antidote to that feeling of negativity dragging you down can be something light, something funny, something colorful, and drag just might be a good prescription. People are tired of hearing the same old debate or the same call to action about the environment. If I can say it in a way that makes someone laugh, then they're thrown off a little bit and they're not defensive. They're not thinking around this conversation they've already had. Recycle, reuse, and reduce, and rain in carbon on the loose. Or pack your bags just in case. Prepare to go to outer I came to New York wanting to be involved in theater and performance, wanting to perform or sing or use what I'd learned some in school. And I didn't know how that would look. And not knowing where that's going is exciting. It can be fertile ground for something interesting to happen. Drag was a great way. Around 2019, I did my first show in a bar. It was in Queens, a bar called Albatross Astoria, and a, a drag queen named Cacophony Daniels. My name's Cacophony Daniels. I think every year gives people an opportunity to do their first performance in front of an audience. We are backstage at Hush Bar on a Monday night for Musical Mondays. We had met before, actually, at Albatross once. Yes! But I have to recall back to 2019. Oh my gosh, pre-pandemic. 
Yes. <laughs> you were so gracious to do a debut show for whoever wanted to sign up. Yes, yes. Oh, I love the drag debutante shows. It was such a fun evening, and yes. I'm still in contact with some of the people I met that night. Oh, amazing. But it makes me think of yeah. someone didn't get that opportunity if they weren't allowed to do that. And it was like yeah. aching inside of them wondering, yeah. what if, how painful that could be. Yeah. But like, what would you say to someone today yeah. who's going through that, who doesn't get to be themselves in that way. Right. To, to do drag. Um, yeah, I mean, for the people out there who can't go out and perform in drag in front of people, I would say, I mean, first of all, yeah, on your own in your room is a great way to do it, right? Live your fantasy, like, literally as a fantasy. Um, but then I would say too, you know, drag started as something that people did covertly. They did in their living rooms. They did at a party. They would throw a party and they would have it. It was a house party that no one knew about. And you'd black out the windows and you, you would have that kind of party, right? I mean, um, the LGBTQ plus community, the queer community has survived and thrived that way for literally centuries. It's sad that there are people who might have to go back to that at this point, but we will always be here, even if we have to be slightly undercover we will always be here. And I think what's most important is that people know that they are not alone, that there is always a community of people just like them, sometimes just around the corner, and you wouldn't even know it. I'm from Nashville, Annalie Fisher. That's my drag name. And I thought you would be inspired a lot by Broadway divas, but also by country divas been really vocal recently about the problems in communities that celebrate country music on the one hand but then are very exclusionary on the other and so that contradiction doesn't have to exist but it just does for a lot of people i think the more we uh, fight against that the better that could be for a young person who's you know confused looking for a community they'll see someone out there who is like them even if they're in a small community of Tennessee and don't feel like that's in their immediate surrounding, it's out there somewhere. So hopefully that, for them, inspires hope and belonging. I know for a fact that Queens and Nashville are going to keep going and <clears throat> keep performing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not just Nashville, but, you know, Kentucky or wherever else it's happening, right? Florida. All of those places have vibrant communities. Nashville has a vibrant gay community. There are so many queens there who are amazing, talented, storied queens who have been there for literal decades. Those people aren't going anywhere. Our community's not going anywhere. Drive is happening all over the world and in places where it can't happen, where, it, where it's not allowed to happen. And if that has to be the way we do it for a little while, then that's what it'll be, but we're always here. I think protecting our brothers and sisters and non-binary uh, family is all about being vocal, being present, and being seen. Um, if all of us are willing to speak up in a situation that might be uncomfortable, to protect someone like that who, who is, you know, always seen, who cannot, quote, pass, as they walk around in society every day. I think that's the most important thing that we can do, especially those of us who do pass, who can walk through society every day and not be clocked, right? It's important for us to stand up and say, you know, if someone is being bullied or abused or whatever, that whatever they're doing is not right and that we're here for them. A drag queen is asked to perform gender. That's usually the main 
goal to poke fun at gender, sort of tear it apart in a way. We've seen how challenging it is for certain parts of the country to accept the gender norms are less rigid, less relevant today than maybe they used to be. And that's in every sector. And so breaking out of that rigid binary, that structure, is so challenging for a lot of people and it shakes their foundation. It challenges their worldview and it makes them angry, it makes them lash out. And so that's where a lot of the political fighting comes when it comes to drag, is that by wearing a dress, being born a man, I could be offending someone to their core without having said anything. They might not know anything about me, but that very act is shocking or challenging. The other thing about drag is that it's inherently political and radical and transgressive. Um, is your drag political? All drag is political. I mean, especially now, right? Especially now, all drag is political. As much as I don't want to admit it, the temperature has changed, even in New York. Normally, drag queens are called loud. Right? <laughs> Especially me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's an asset, I'd say. Absolutely. And we have to be. We have to be loud. You know, drag queens and trans people have always been at the forefront of the queer movement um, because we are the most visible, right? Because we're the ones who pass the least. Um, and so uh, we have no choice but to be loud, but to speak up, but to be the, the squeaky wheel because we're out there anyway, mm -hmm. so. Um, I think that makes you a role model to a lot of young people, potentially. Thank you. And I think that's a good natural thing and part of like the culture now. People look up to drag queens. Yeah. You know, most drag shows happen in bars and happen late at night. So, you know, kids should A, be in bed, and B, can't get in, because it's a bar, right. right? And that's what it's all about, right? So if you see a drag queen tell a dirty joke, or say an inappropriate thing, 99 times out of 100, it's going to be at a bar late at night where there are no kids because they're not allowed to legally be in there, right? If a drag queen is hosting a drag queen story hour or is performing at a brunch in broad daylight on a Sunday at noon or whatever, then she's behaving very differently than a drag queen in a bar on a Saturday night at 11 p.m. or 1 a.m. or whatever that is. Just as everyone acts differently in different spaces, Drag queens do too. We can read a room. Hello, we have to know how to read a room. That's how we survive. So we know when it's appropriate to say certain things and act certain ways and all of that kind of stuff. And of course, all of this BS about drag queens and trans people and all of that is just a tactic. There are real things to be um, worried about. Absolutely. Real issues. Yes, absolutely. Gun violence. Hello. Banks collapsing. Hello. And that's just like the things that happen today. There are so many more of the planet. Hi, the planet that we're all living on. Like, that's all so much more important than whether or not there's a man walking around in a dress or a woman walking around with, you know, a mustache drawn on or a trans person using a bathroom for God's sake. Like, none of that is important. None of that is a real issue. It's just uh, a tactic to distract people from the real issues. So I think that is uh, a natural lead-in to how it can be uh, ecological, environmental, because that's something we need is this political energy, this um, punk that drag brings. Fuck yes, I'm political, because it's important that our voices are heard. It's important that everyone in the country realize that the, that the people who are making this noise about trans people, about drag, those people are the minuscule, minuscule minority, the hateful minority, but their hate is not what most people feel. Being proactive about the health of the planet 
is ecological by nature, like taking steps to improve it. But um, a community that's had to be very proactive about their own health is LGBTQ+. And so that consciousness and realizing that like little intentional steps, planning and um, awareness can be huge as far as making people safer, happier, and their lives better. It's these concrete actions, again, I think could inspire people to feel less of that hopelessness, to feel like I can take steps towards a goal. We can make progress as one. Recycle, reuse, and reduce, and rain in carbon on the loose. Or pack your bags just in case. Prepare to go to outer space. Blame the corporations, not your reputation. As some eco savior, always watching your behavior. How about legislation to improve our nation? So let's all grab the handlebars. I think there's something inherent to humanity and to groups of people that they want to come together in that way and affirm each other's beliefs and feel united. But definitely um, an important part of political discussion today is having a bit of an open mind when we come into a discussion. Are you ready? The Sauna Scene is supported by Humanities New York, the NYU Center for the Humanities, and the NYU Graduate School of Arts and Science Music Department. Our production team is a collective of environmental humanities scholars and artists, including Elizabeth Fricke, Bailey Hilgren, Constantine Velasquez. Original music by Annie Garland, aka UCC Harlow. Mixing by Ewan Lai Tremuen. And voiceover by me, Elizabeth Geist. All proceeds from today's episode will be donated to Housing Works. If you would like to support this podcast, have an ecological story you'd like to share, or would like to learn more about the topics of today's episode, please visit our website at www.thesaunascene.com or check out our social media pages at The Sauna Scene. Thanks for listening.